All right, good to be here on the campus of Old Dominion today at Chartway Arena. We're in the lobby. If you come on out to the game tonight, you see us. Uh, don't throw stuff at us. You can say hi, though. That'll be fine. I'll be here till 6.30 tonight. Got a lot to handle with you today, um, including some leftover stuff with uh, the NFL. I just saw Cliff Kingsbury uh, talk to the media in D.C. a few minutes ago, thanks to the power of uh, the X. So we'll get into that a little bit and obviously some more details about that uh, Tragedy yesterday in Kansas City are trickling out as well as they're still trying to figure out what in the world happened there with the uh, Chiefs parade where the shooting took place. And obviously, um, you know, still the numbers apparently keep continuing to change how many have been injured and obviously one uh, dead as well. So we'll uh, dive into all that with you. Uh, Chris Finwin from Old Dominion Baseball Coach joins us at 535 as baseball is literally here. I mean, it is here on the college front and obviously uh, Major League Baseball. All pitchers and catchers are reporting. So we'll get into a lot of things today here with you between uh, now and 6.30. All right, um, Cliff Kingsbury, can you believe he revealed who the commanders were going to draft? I mean, I thought that was shocking. I don't know about you, James. I mean, were you just as <laughs> surprised as I was when he said, here's what we're doing with the number two pick? Oh, that didn't happen? Oh, my bad. Sorry. No, 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 no. Didn't no. happen, did it? That was one of those deep fake type things probably. You know. Yeah. No, listen, he had um, – yeah, like he, he played it well. The only specific quarterback, of course, they asked him about was Caleb Williams because there's an open door to do that because he coached him last year at USC. He said nice things about kid, about Caleb Williams, but he was not given a whole lot of uh, information overall about this process. I did think it was interesting to say uh, when he said that he is not a um, – he doesn't believe his offense is, in fact, the air raid offense. So that belonged to uh, the late Mike Leach, and his offense is going to be a balance of run and pass. Did say it was important to be able to throw the football, especially in two-minute situations or on the football in four-minute situations. So, uh, as you would say, he was he was doing like the coach speak here in his opening presser uh, with with Washington, which you know you would want him to do. You don't want him to go out here and just reveal state secrets. Uh, you're just going to have to kind of watch their actions to learn what they're going to do. I think more so than you know hear anything ahead of time. We get a good idea who are they spending time with. Why, why are they there? Who's this guy? You know, what are the how, how's that going? And of course. All this is great, but the Chicago Bears are own the show, right? Like, they own the entire draft board. Fascinated to hear uh, their general manager uh, talking up how much they think of Justin Fields when I think it seems to be the uh, most obvious secret in the NFL that he's not going to be there next year. Well, and you got to talk up your guy because yep. you, you want to get something for him. You know, you want right. to make you want to make – Every other team in the NFL think that he's the uh, you know the the prettiest one of the ball, and to give up a fortune for him, and then also hope that maybe if somebody wants to come and give you a fortune for that number one overall pick. But as we've talked about many times, how far do you really want to go back? And anybody that's nursing the idea that the commanders should give up a first round pick to move up one spot, I think is a lunatic. Yeah, that never seems do crazy that. to me. Um, yeah, that absolutely seems crazy to me. And, and, look, Kevin Warren's doing his job. Uh, Ryan Pools is doing his job for the Bears. Kevin Warren's, of course, the the CEO of the Bears. Uh, you know, He's above Ryan Pools, who's the GM. And Warren's the president and CEO of the Bears and said he's a supporter of Justin and obviously watched him when he was the commissioner of the Big Ten and all that kind of stuff and talked about his talent and how hard he works. I mean, a lot of this, too, is just kind of getting the information out to the other teams right now. What, what is fascinating to me on the, on the field's front is hearing – you know, these things about Pittsburgh, right? Like, yeah. uh, you know, because that's not really, doesn't feel like a Steelers kind of move. Uh, it, but at the same time, I mean, I think it's smart. Like you talk about, you know, with what they're looking to do down there with Arthur Smith now or up there with the uh, offensive coordinator, you know, they need to do something different. That they can't just assume Kenny Pickett's a guy. I mean, you got to have another whack at it, whether it's in the draft, a free agent veteran, or, you know, again, a guy who, 
is still an unknown. I mean, the, the thing about the tough thing about Fields is, you know, it's at th- 3.2 or whatever it is he'll make this year. The next year, if you pick up the options, like a 21, 22 range kind of contract. So then I guess you just kind of look at it like, okay, we're going to invest $12 million a year into him over these next two seasons. You kind of have to think of it in that r- approach. Uh, the idea of giving up a one for him, I think, seems stupid. Never going to happen. Now, he is younger. Am I correct? Than Pickett, which is wild, right? Because he's, yeah. he's younger than Pickett. Of course, younger than some of the quarterbacks coming out this year. You got Knicks, you got Panics, are older. Um, you know, these players are older because of the you know the COVID years and all that stuff that's added up here. So that's that's an interesting part of um, the mix here too. But the idea that you would get you're, you're not giving up a one for a guy you don't even know if you're even sure he's the starting quarterback in the NFL, and that's that's how you got to look at Justin Fields now. Doesn't mean there's not a sucker born every minute, and there's somebody might do something crazy out of the desperation of a need for quarterback. But the idea that somebody's given up you, you're surefire getting a one, um, I think, kind of sounds insane to me right now. But hey, again, dumber things have happened, and, and people always shoot high at the quarterback position. Well, to me, Justin Fields feels like one of those conditional pick type of players where it's like a two that could become a one or a three that could become a two based on playing time and certain benchmarks and things like that. But if you're straight up going to give Somebody a one. If you're going to trade a one for Justin Fields, just based on the body of work and injuries and things like that, it's just to me does not make even even close to the lower end of the first round does not make sense at all. We give up a one for Justin Fields, but you're right. Somebody might. Somebody might. There's a sucker born every minute, just like the Bears were uh, when they traded for Chase Claypool. So <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You absolutely never know. Uh, 757-687-9494. 757-687-9494. You can hit us up uh, via the uh, text line there. Ballyhoo's phone line up for business as well. 757-687-9494. Alright, just a couple things off of Kingsbury, too, uh, that I want to get to from this uh, commander's deal today. You know, he is... Uh, Again, an interesting guy. I think we saw what he was able to do at times. His teams looked really great, and then they just crapped out as the season went on, right? Like they just completely collapsed. But one of the things he did say that he's looking forward to about this job is that he doesn't have to worry about all the other stuff. Uh-huh. That he can just be the guy who's got his little offense, he's got his plays he likes to run, and develop the, the offense. And, again, there's nothing wrong with that. I think we were – you know, there's been a lot of speculation about Ben Johnson. He does not like the situation in Washington. Was he unsure about himself? Or is he just one of those guys, right, that just kind of likes to dive into the offense? And Kingsbury has gotten these NFL, you know, I've got these, excuse me, these uh, high profile coaching gigs over the years. And, like, you know, there's, again, there's some really brilliant stuff about it. Um, you know, he, he obviously has worked with talent, has found talent, but there's never been like a long sustained amount of success at a high level as a head coach. But I, but I do find it interesting to see him as an as an OC and how you know if, if that really is going to be kind of a game changer in terms of him being able to be a next level kind of offensive coordinator because he doesn't have to worry about the defense he doesn't have to worry about special teams he doesn't worry about the entire team it's just his little world of offense and you know that's what he's that is what he's focused on so I'll, I'll be interested to see that because again there are guys that excel right as coordinators. You know, we're talking about it a lot throughout the postseason. Steve Spagnuolo is a tremendous defensive coordinator. wasn't so hot as a defensive coordinator or as a head coach with the Rams. And maybe again, that was part and parcel to the fact that it was a horrendous situation he took over too. But there are just so this, those kind of guys that are just better at being the coordinator than they are the head coach. And what can he bring uh, to Washington? And now he did describe one quarterback that he liked. He said that guy in Kansas City. 
Well, he coached him, so <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> that made sense. I thought that was pretty funny. I think that, everybody likes the guy in Kansas City. I think that. I think yeah. I think there's a that's safe to assume. By the way, I don't know if you've seen it yet on the um, on the X from the NFL Films. They have isolated. They have isolated Patrick Mahomes' face. It's brilliant. When the 49ers say, we'll take the football after the coin toss in overtime. And it is amazing to see the excitement level in his eyes and his, he kind of like, his forehead moves and he's like, you know, kind of like in shock but giddy about it. That he knows that means he's going to get the last drive <laughs> in the first <laughs> the first part of overtime. It was pretty wild to see. But, you, you know, you want to get it third. That's right. But you want to get a third. Of course, then if there's not third, there's a whole different thing. All right, speaking of the guy who said that, uh, Kyle Shanahan, we'll dive into what in the wide, wide world of sports was about the Steve Wilkes firing yesterday. There's some interesting uh, theories out there about that. We'll, we'll get into that as well as we continue here. All right, I want to get to more on the, um, the tragedy yesterday at the Chiefs parade. We'll get to our poll question as well. And an interesting move by the ACC. You know, the ACC gets called uh, out a lot for not being forward-thinking, but uh, they're apparently ahead of the game when it comes to the big and the SEC when it, when it uh, deals with espionage in the sport. Uh, we'll get to that coming up next. Scott Jackson Show coming at you from Chartway Arena, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. You are listening to the Scott Jackson Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. All right, uh, we're here at Chartway Arena, ODU, in Louisiana. The Raging Cajuns, who have been playing really good basketball lately, winners of 8-9. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the program. Um, Want to get to the poll question before we get to a more serious topic with what happened yesterday in Kansas City. Our uh, priority auto poll question of the day on e- at ESPN Radio 941 or at Jackson Sports. It's on the X. If you don't belong to the X, you can uh, certainly um, – Subscribe if you like and check out these very important poll questions we put up daily. Tons of thought get put in them. Uh, anyway, so you can go there now at Jackson Sports. And again, it's brought to you by Dominion Floor Coverings. Uh, and the question is, which rookie quarterback would you want the commanders to draft the way too early? Thoughts on that? Right now, w- believe it or not, it's not Caleb Williams. Really? It's Jaden Daniels at 44.4%. Interesting. Out front by uh, a good margin. Followed by Caleb Williams at 33.3%, Drake May at 20%, and then we have the 2.2% that is the others. And uh, the other Brian in Chesapeake says, swap ones with the Eagles and take both of their seconds and draft Guyton. Well, that seems like a huge drop down, right? Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that is, I, I, that is a pretty dr- that, big drop man. down. I'm not doing that. Plus, I, mean, I don't think the, the Eagles would seconds, do that either. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not moving all the way back just to take Jalen Guyton. Um I don't, I don't need to do that. And I, and I don't need another wide receiver. No, 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 no. If they draft a receiver, no, I swear no, as I said no, here right now. No, 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 no. I don't care who it is. I don't know if this is some type of joke or what. I don't know. Not in the first round. No, 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 no. You want to take one of the fourth round or something and knock yourself out. All right. So, yeah, that's not going to happen. I, again, you have to go about this like you're never picking this low again. Matthew uh, – Says, I don't want the returning Gonzaga hometown kid. Couldn't have bad like Chase, and I don't want the UNC stench again, uh, a.k.a. A Sam here in Mitch in Chicago. Nope, not by an NC quarterbacks. Give me that dude who broke Joe Cool's records at LSU. And that kid would be um, the stick man, uh, <laughs> Jaden Daniels. I mean, you, you kid, but that's a snappy little nickname. Stick man, yeah. Look, I like what he can do, but, man, I'm so scared he's going to get broken in half. Woof. 
He's got to. He's got to. Uh, he he got to get a weight room for me, man. Eat a, eat, just put him on a high calorie I diet immediately. I understand. And uh, make sure that you know he knows how to slide. Like he's got to take a sliding test for me. Like I don't even need to see, see him go throw the ball in person. I need to see if he can slide. And then we're going to time him running to the sidelines, not forty yard dash, running to the sidelines. Uh-huh. That's where we're going to get you know different sides. How quickly can this kid get himself out of bounds so he doesn't get hit? That's would be my. Uh, that how I would scout Jaden Daniels. If Although remember. Bryce Young took a freaking beating last year. He did. Year. He did. And he's not the biggest guy either, and he did survive. Yeah. So we got to give him credit for that. Um, yeah, Brian says, let me sabotage the commanders. Clearly that's what you were doing. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Nick in the 434 says, other trade back for more picks like J.J. McCarthy the next Tom Brady. That's interesting. Now, if J.J. McCarthy had gone to, I don't know, let's pick another school, Penn State, for example, and had the same kind of career, and they were that good, would you be calling him the next Tom Brady? Or is it just because anybody at Michigan that didn't have, like, eye-popping numbers were just trying to project to be the next Tom Brady? Is, is that all we're doing here? Is we that lazy of a society where anybody that goes to Michigan from now on that we think has a little bit of talent at the quarterback position and maybe the body type and the uh, the, the brain power is going to be the next Tom Brady? Is that what we're doing? At least we got to see Tom Brady throw the ball. <laughs> And I say this as somebody who's a, who's a Michigan right. fan. That's I, why I'm asking you. I don't you. know what J.J. McCarthy is at the NFL level. I have no clue. I, it's interesting, though. There is a lot of, a little, a lot of smoke talking about him in round one. There is. So it started somewhere, right? I don't, I'm not naive. I don't think that just mock draft guys have created this. I, I believe somebody in the NFL on the scouting scene has been pumping him up to somebody. And – that's why we're getting that. But, boy, the next Tom Brady, slow your roll. This slow like your very, roll, man. Feels like a very Sean Payton-esque thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Slow your roll. Yeah, Sean Payton started it. Let me tell you about the jobs I turned down, one of which is my friend Ron <laughs> Rivera's job. <laughs> Gotta love Sean Payton for that. All right, let's get to um, something a little bit more serious, sadly. Uh, authorities in Kansas City saying today that the mass shooting that left one person dead in 20. Two is now the number injured at the Chiefs parade appeared to stem from a dispute among several people now. Remember initially we heard maybe it's two people. Now they're saying it could be several people. Uh, Police Chief Stacy Graves saying on Tuesday the total number of victims is 23, including Lisa Lopez Galvin, who was killed in the shooting. Graves said 22 people injured in the shooting range between ages of 8 and 47, and half the injured were under 16. Wow. Mm. Um also, the fire chief uh, said that the victims included eight critically hurt and seven in serious condition. Three people at this point were detained, two of which are juveniles. Firearms were recovered during the mayhem. Police said investigators are calling for witnesses, people with cell phone footage, victims, violence, um, of the violence to call a dedicated hotline as they try to sort all this stuff out. I mean, what a mess. Um, and again, the Valentine's Day shooting happened after the chiefs uh, had finished up on the podium, right? And they were heading back off to the buses at Union Station. In Kansas City, despite the presence of more than 800 police officers who were there uh, and nearby, including uh, a nearby, you know, including the guys that are on the top of structures and that, keeping a lookout. So this thing still took place. You know, it was weird. We had a lot of um, texts yesterday saying, man, I, you know, I hope this doesn't, you know, ruin future parades. You know, people just want to stop having parades, victory parades. And then I remembered last night when reading some more, th- this has happened. Yeah. And a couple other victory parades. There have been shootings now in three of the last uh, championship parades, including the Denver Nuggets in Denver, uh, the one in Texas as well with the Rangers 
uh, which happened in the fall, there, there have been these shootings at these parades, which is kind of sad that you, you know, maybe that's a shot at my memory or more so that we're so desensitized to these things if they don't hit to some level of, of a death toll that we don't remember them as much as other ones now because it's just so common. I think part of it is is that neither one of those re- rose to the level that this one did. I think right. this one was, was more high profile because of the, the number of victims involved and, and how it went down, I think, more than anything else. I think, and I think that's why this one tends to stick out a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm not. I'm just saying, and I also think like we're all prisoners of the moment. You know what I mean? Like we have short oh, of memories. Course. And of these there's things. some of that too. Yeah, and, there, and there's just so many of these. The volume in which these happen now is insane. I um, mean, it's it's gone past that. But yes, I mean, and there was what they estimated anywhere. Not quite a half a million people were expected to attend this parade yesterday. Although I, you know, that's a whole different topic about how you can decide how many people were at these parades or what have you. But they were thinking um, that maybe it could be a million people. Uh, that would actually have been at the parade, but they weren't sure uh, yesterday. Would, and, again, the city's population is about half a million or, le- or less than half a million. They're thinking 470,000. So maybe they thought there's about a million people that were going to show up to this parade yesterday, uh, but they were unsure, obviously, of all that. And now still trying to work um, to get all the details as to how this thing took place. And, again, it was just some personal beef between some people. Or was it an argument that took place while they were there yesterday and they just decided, you know, who cares if anybody's in the crosshairs? Clearly they didn't. And if you've got that many people involved, oh, if you've got that many people yeah. around, it's just... In this tight quarters. If you, again, yeah. if you've ever been to a parade, a, a big parade of any size, you know how... Uh, I mean, it's, you know... And then the, the part, other part of it is people that got injured probably when the crowd started running yeah. to get out of yeah, there. Yeah, that's part of it, too. You, you don't, you, you, it's hard to fa- not factor that in because, you know, once something like that ha- that happens, you're, you know, the flight thing kicks in and... Yeah. Yeah, people don't really pay attention to who's around them, really. So there has um, been a lot of different stories. Currently, uh, Trey Smith um, was on Good Morning America this morning, the offensive lineman for the Chiefs. And, you know, they, they got off the – a lot of players tried to go comfort people while this was going on, including Trey Smith. And he was uh, – showed a kid the WWE belt, um, this thing. And then there was, of course, the, the people we saw yesterday that they believe tackle one of the shooters, although we're not – I guess there's not, that's not been confirmed Not confirmed yet. yet. Yeah, yeah, it's not confirmed yet, but that's what it looked appeared to do. They apprehended – the crowd held down one of these guys for police to get over there. But, you know, somebody else had told a story about how Andy Reid was trying to uh, comfort them, um, you know, and so many other people and players that were out there on the scene trying to do these things to, um, you know, calm the crowd down as this chaos has taken place. And, again, 23 people at this point wounded and uh, one mother of two killed in the shooting, which is just horrific. Not, not something you expect to, go, to happen when you go to these championship parades. Not at all. Um, so, anyway, certainly we'll uh, hopefully get better details at some point. They'll have more of this and find out. And, you know, now I'm sure there's going to be more diff- you know, protocols of different places with these cr- – you know, when you have these big crowds anyway, it's always a little dicey. But even more so now when you're talking about these kind of parades where, you know, you don't want this to be kind of the norm – moving forward but again three three of the last championship parades we've had some form of a shooting at i mean anything with that many people it's hard to do i mean that's that's hard to manage right Uh, especially a city that size i mean kansas city is a a fairly large city but there are a few cities in in the united states that can handle that many people i mean if you're talking about what would be the entire population of your city or more attending one event at the same time uh, that's a lot of people in one space not spread out through the entire city that that's a lot 
No doubt. All right, so uh, we'll get back to um, some football here on the other side. Very interesting stuff going on in the ACC. Uh, some news that came out late last night we'll get to uh, in regards to the way they're going to handle things moving forward with uh, communication between the sidelines and the field, something we've been talking a lot about way back when, because there was some type of incident this year. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> Might have involved the national champions, that guy who's now at the Chargers. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'll deal with that uh, coming up. Uh, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. And then, again, I, we mentioned this yesterday, but we're, gonna, we're doing this. At 4 o'clock at Football at Forum, you're, you're being warned right now, the way too early – Wait, and, and again, I, I cannot emphasize the way too early <laughs> aspect of this. Way too early top five uh, for, ne- for 2024 NFL. And then also in the five o'clock hour, the way too early bottom five edition as well. Uh, let's get nuts. Let's get crazy. Let's I mean, look, we're talking about no draft yet. Talk, we haven't had the combine, for goodness sakes. Haven't had free agency. Heck, in the case of the 49ers, they don't even have a defensive coordinator. And, th- and that, by the way, does come into play in how I grade them, okay? <laughs> I mean, just, just think about that. Some of these teams, you know, what they don't have right now. So that's why this is like the big time, as they say, you know, taking the dartboard and just throwing something at it. You know just so I mean? you know, we're only keeping receipts if we're right. So. Oh, absolutely. Only, only if we're right. And, um, you know, the, 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 the embarrassment of being part of the bottom half of this thing is a whole different indignity. I mean, there, there's no doubt. You don't, you don't want to be in the bottom part of this no. in – the middle of February. I mean, you know, they talk about no hope because this is supposed to be the hopeful time of the year. Right. And then if you have no hope in February, I mean, just forget about <laughs> it. I mean, that really, really stinks if that's the case. So, anyway, you've been warned 4 o'clock for the top, 5 o'clock for the bottom. The way too early look at the top five and the bottom five in the upcoming NFL season. So be ready for that. All right, 757-687-9494, The ACC, a conference that has been clubbed over and over by the pundits for not being progressive enough, are uh, moving ahead of the curve here where other conferences are still in the Stone Ages. We'll get to that coming up, or maybe this is just the first of many of these announcements this offseason we're about to find out. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident, call 757-INJURED, 757-INJURED. James Witham has your sports center. This is the Scott Jackson Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. All right, we're back here at Charway Arena. Uh, we will get to the way, 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 way too early top five of the NFL at 4 o'clock at football at 4. We'll also uh, do the bottom half of it um, before we get out of here tonight at 6.30. We're uh, stepping aside early tonight, ODU and Louisiana. Men's basketball here at Charway Arena last night. The women uh, able to beat uh, Coastal Carolina, um, and they got a big one on Saturday afternoon with uh, Marshall High, flying Marshall here at uh, Chartway. All right, so some big news yesterday took place with the uh, ACC being the first conference to approve the use of helmet technology uh, and sign line tablets during uh, their winter meetings. The final approval will happen later this month with the Football Rules Committee, but a statement following the conclusion of Wednesday's meeting that said the use of tablets with the access of in-game video had unanimous support from all football coaches. So that's a step in the right direction because you, you don't have to use those pictures, right? You don't have to right. send down like the Polaroids from that Stone Ages. Uh, and also, the helmet technology, the one-way communication to call the plays in. 
uh, to the offense and defense. You don't have to play this sideline card game anymore with the with all the goofy cards. Um, the Bulls this past season, the NCAA allowed the use of experimental uh, use of, of, of these things on an experimental basis. North Carolina head coach Mac Brown told ESPN earlier this week that it was a no-brainer to approve both. The uh, Tar Heels used their helmet technology in their Dukes-Mayo Bowl game against West Virginia. Brown said uh, four quarterbacks, two safeties, and two linebackers were wired for communication. They loved it. It allowed us to line up much quicker. It keeps people from stealing your signals. Keeps people from stealing your signals, James. That's uh, right. And we thought it was win-win. So there you go. Now we discussed this. Uh, I believe Nick Saban was the one who said, I don't know why we're not already using this in certain conferences that can afford it. Now I guess the, the concern is the ACC will have this. What if they're playing – you know, schools from lesser conferences that don't have this. Yeah, like Virginia Tech taking an Old Dominion? Right. Well, like that. Right. Well, will they, are we going to have these in our conference in the Sun Belt? Don't know. That's yeah. a good question. And, and, like, and if, if one team doesn't have it and the other does, is it still allowed to take place? Well, remember, usually when the protocol is if one team's communication mm-hmm. goes out during a game, the other team right. has to unplug theirs as right. also to – Take away that advantage. So I would, I would guess you would either need to supply that to the you know non-power five school that you're playing, yeah. or you would have to not use it in that particular game. But doesn't that kind of mess up your rhythm too of if you're using of how you do time. things? Yeah, I would think so. Or maybe um, again, everybody should do it. So some some estimates say that uh, okay. Here, here's what the estimate is: the NFL obviously has this already going on, um, and a cost. You know, outside of Power 5 schools in particular, some estimates have put the price tag at around $40,000. But following an investigation in the sign-stealing allegations of Michigan this past season, the push to use the technology has increased, particularly the helmet communication. The ACC is working now with the Rules Committee to fully develop the final rules and policies. Now, each school's legal team must also sign off on the helmet technology over possible concerns that it could void your helmet warranty huh. for safety. You know, for, That's for, different. Isn't that crazy? I know. So there, there's a little wrinkle to it. Uh, in addition, the ACSC announced uh, their men's and ba- women's basketball tournaments will feature 15 teams starting in 24-25 as the league expands to 18 teams. So you got to earn it, actually, in the ACC. Yep. Not everybody gets in. That's uh, so how they're going to handle that. And the men's regular season conference will have 20 games, and women's will stay at 18. It's a lot of conference games. That is. But anyway, so, yeah, I'll be fascinated to see how does this work when you're playing – Teams out of your conference, because obviously in Old Dominion's case, they're going to be playing a team from the SEC this year. They're going to be a team from the ACC. Um, are they going to be able to have these this technology? Is the Sun Belt going to adopt it? Um, again, the ACC, to my knowledge, is the only one that has adopted it. We haven't heard it from the SEC. Officially, or the big, or, yes. Or, or the big yet. I would imagine they could do that very easily as well. But it is interesting that it was the ACC the first one to do it. Uh, who has been dogged for being so far behind on everything else. Well, so I guess then, at least they're ahead on this. And then never mind Old Dominion or, or schools in the Sun Belt. What if you're playing an FCS team? Right. Then what? Because these cause schools do play FCS teams. As we saw last year, uh, you know, the ACC schools play FCS teams. Florida State certainly yeah. did. There were yeah. a couple of others as well. Georgia is playing uh, Bobby Walters, Tennessee Tech. That's team right. That's I don't right. know if Tennessee Tech has, you know, got the got the helmet technology yet down there. Let's so, text Bobby and ask him. Yeah, we'll find out. Um <laughs> So, they, look, it definitely makes it easier. It's less of this card game, right. you know, card tricks going on, and all these, you know, these silly uh, you know, things you got to put up behind them, you know, and uh, blocking everybody out. 
Uh, it definitely has some advantages to it. Of course, you still always have to have the backup in case the helmets go out, which happens, you know, as we've seen in NFL games even uh, from time to time. Of course, there was a Stone Age time where they used to do this crazy thing where they tell a guy on the sideline, hey, here's the play, and then he'd run it into the huddle. That's right. And then he'd tell everybody. Right. They, this thing, they, they'd do this crazy thing called huddling up. Uh, and, you know, when they were really getting crazy in old school, they would go under center back in the day. But, you know, I, I know, I know, I'm getting, I'm getting in the peanut helmets era for some What, do you want to try and bring back the wishbone now, too, <laughs> yeah. while you're at it? Hey, while we're at it, let's do it. Uh, I just think it's, it seems like a really smart thing um, to do. But, anyway, we'll find out if others, others do, in fact, follow it moving forward. It would just take away from – look, I mean, it'll knock some guys out of work. You know, at some schools, I suppose, like, you know, the Connor Stallion's position will no longer <laughs> mean anything. Although, is he, is he worth the Chargers yet? Is he I don't know. That's a good question. Yet? Do we not know that? We're not allowed to talk about Assistant that? Assistant to the traveling secretary, <laughs> a la George Costanza. Oh, man. Uh, Brian in Chesapeake says, I wish football, the football conferences just divorced the NCAA at this point. Well, just hang on there. It's, it's time. <laughs> time's coming. Uh-huh. Time is coming, it feels like. I was supposed to have an NIL uh, lawyer on this week. We're, I think we're doing it next week. And he was, he's one of these guys that's really got the doomsday uh, calendar circled as to when all that stuff's going to happen. So we will uh, deal with that. I've already got people, by the way, on the text line trying to – politic their way and I guess lobby would be the better word lobby their teams into this they want us to have the Colts in the top five well spoiler alert my they're not in my top five I'll tell you that right not my now. top five either so not in my let top the five. hate begin yeah. let the hate begin my friend let the hate begin yeah now that didn't make the top five sorry about that and I don't know why you'd want to want us to put that type of pressure on these young Colts by the way and you don't even know if your quarterback's back next year true and you don't know who your backup quarterback should be well, next year. No, I'm, I was referring to Menchu. Uh, you don't know if he's back next year because he's a free agent. He was the starter most of the season, obviously, after the Richardson injury. That he was. Played pretty well. So, anyway, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. All right, one other college football note. This is just the wackiest thing we've heard. Um, Georgia State head coach Sean Elliott has left his head coaching position to become a tight ends coach at South Carolina. I mean, we thought what Chip Kelly did was a little bit of a head-scratcher. What is that? Yeah. What is that? So he's going to be a tight ends coach and run game coordinator. Um, he says this wasn't a professional move. We made it for seven years with family still living in Columbia, and even though I thought about not coaching this year, I promised my daughter that I would do it for a senior year in college, or high school, rather. And this is the opportunity come up to go back to South Carolina and coach again. Uh, it was something that I couldn't pass up. I've always loved South Carolina. So there you go. You talk about ultimate, you know, you always talk about family, and some of them don't, they do the opposite. Well, there you go. There's your explanation. All right, I'll, t- I'll take that. There's your explainer. I'll take that. All right. Let's get to Bill in Williamsburg before we take a break. What's happening, Bill? Hey, Scott. You know, the field goal kickers made a big uh, difference in the playoffs. You had uh, Green Bay. I think the uh, guy uh, was not a good kicker. I believe he missed the, one of right. the big field goals in that game. Uh, Detroit didn't, and the coach said he, they, they actually the coach were they weren't that confident in their kicker to kick a couple of yep. uh, times they should have kicked instead of going on fourth down I guess. Then you had the extra point that was blocked and the the biggest he's had like 38 in a row extra points and then the biggest kick of his life he gets blocked and that one point yeah, might have made the difference between Kansas City not being able to win the game might have had to go for it and for a touchdown instead of a field goal to tie. And and even the uh, Mahomes gave credit at the end. The biggest credit he gave was to his field goal kicker. 
So it shows the kickers had a lot to do with the game. And I got Skippy the Cat here, and he was all disappointed in that Super Bowl because he had a big a bunch of T-shirts made up for uh, other cats that were uh, interested in in uh, San Francisco. And he had a he had a pretty good one here. He had uh, for Brock Purdy. He had I'm a purr like P U R R like a cat. I'm a Purdy cat, and he was going to get that one out there. And he had another one, the Superior. But the I'm sorry, the Super Bowl 49ers, I guess, is what he had down there. And the fur, the fur for ferocious 49ers. He had all those made up, and now he's not going to be able to use them. So he's very disappointed. But what he so is, he was going to like start a clothing is, line for cats. Wow, for for NFL cat fan and well, cat cats that are fans of the NFL. So he had a whole side hustle going. Your your cat Skippy. Yeah, he was ready to make some money on that game. He didn't yeah. like to bet. I could on have the seen this team. blowing up, kind of like Aaron Andrews has done this thing for women in style, and in, in uh, <laughs> Kyle Uzcheck's wife as well. I, this could have been Skippy's calling. Why well, I, I tell him don't don't give up the dream? You know, you could still still have it ready to go, the product line ready to go next season. You what never know, Bill. Interested in more now is uh, is Caitlin uh, Clark because uh, she doesn't have a pimple of a muscle on her, and cats like that lean look. You know, cats are very lean. But it does kind of show that basketball three-point game is not much of a uh, physical game when you see her making all those points and doesn't have much of a of a muscle on her anywhere. But anyway, uh, yeah. Always fascinating, Bill. Uh, <laughs> thanks for the call, buddy. Bill, how about that? I, I, so for I those that don't know, let me just recap here real quick. For those that don't know, Bill, who's um, a regular caller uh, on the Commander's Post Game Show, he has a cat that he watches the games with, Skippy. Who uh, who talks apparently, and um, has a lot of thoughts on sports. I, I I thought for sure Bill was going with Catlin Clark. There, <laughs> I thought that was coming. Well, I thought he's a Panthers fan because they have the the mascot Sir Purr, right? Isn't that that? That's the, true. Yeah, that is yeah. true. So anyway, okay. So we appreciate that, Skippy. Was ready to was ready to open a, a a line of clothing for cats, NFL related. I'm sure you'd have to pay the NFL some sort of a fee, right? Like I would it, like to. Nothing's think so. free from the NFL, so well, it's make free sure Skippy get gets uh, taken care of. Uh, Bill, thank you for the call. <laughs> All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. We are the number one rated talk show with cats uh, in Hampton Roads, as far as we know. All right, let's get to uh, the Orioles' start to spring training, which has been. A little bit rocky when it comes to their health. We'll talk about that next. Coming up, Scott Jackson Show, Priority Order Sports Radio, 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry Kinglaw. The Scott Jackson Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. We were in a tie later, too, with a jacket and everything. All official here they today. They call that spiffy. Yeah. Oh, here at uh, Chartway Arena. Uh, tonight, ODU and Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. My favorite nickname, by the way, potentially in all the conference, Raging Cajuns. Oh, for sure. Hopefully that doesn't offend any Cajuns. But um, anyway, I like it. I think it's a cool name. <laughs> all right. Um, so 757-687-9494. Um, from the 804, uh, they think uh, that Bill um, sounds like Charlie Day trying to sell everyone cat mit- kitten mittens. Um, <laughs> it's not a bad comparison. It's not bad. Okay. Uh, I got gotcha. you. Got, got, Bill's got some uh, fans. Mike in Norfolk's a big fan. Some others that have texted <laughs> me about him. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, look, you know, don't don't be don't be a hater just because a guy's got a cat that talks to him. I mean, you know, not everybody has that that kind of relationship with their pet. You know what I mean? Just wait till Bill gets a TikTok. 
I think I think that's needed. I think that's needed. It's gonna happen. I mean, look, it's not like he said his cat was driving. I mean, something crazy like that. It's just speaking. That's no big. Yeah, deal. that would be taking it too far. <laughs> All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. At the top of the hour, the way too early top five of uh, twenty twenty four in the NFL. Way and I, we do stress way too early. Uh, top twenty five. We'll be bringing that to you here in a bit. Um, so literally, pitchers and catchers just started reporting, right? And the Orioles already are dealing with injury. Not injury, but injuries, as in plural. Um, right-handed pitcher, Kyle Bradish, uh, is going to start the season on the IL. He's got a UCL sprain in his pitching elbow. Never a good sign. The elbow sprain was one of several injuries the Orioles announced today. Also revealed that infielder uh, Gunnar Henderson is dealing with a oblique injury. John Means is a month behind in his rehab, and that's not good. That probably means he's not going to be ready for opening day. But what it does mean that's good is they're probably going to have some of these guys down here in Norfolk for a rehab assignment that, at some that point, That they right? will. That they right? will. I mean, that's not all bad. Uh, so that's, you know, you don't want to have injuries starting off the season. But I guess get him early, manage them, and be healthy later in the season. I'd like to think you'd rather have him now. You'd rather not have him at all. But if you're going to have him, get him out of the way now. The, um, the the bigger picture here is this is probably a team that could afford to be aggressive some more with pitching if they needed to, you know, because they have the as we know they have a very stocked minor league system. They got more position players and they know what to do with at this point. And even though they got Corbin Burns, what it felt like on the cheap already just a couple of weeks ago to add to their starting rotation, they probably need to start investigating on ways to add another starter at some point here or the other. Now, no it doubt. might be one of these things that drags out into the season and, you know, we see who's going, you know, who's going to be aggressive and who's going to move on from players and those kind of things as the year goes on. But I, w- I would suspect at some point we're going to see them maybe look at being buyers again if there is an opportunity there for them. Because they definitely have a lot of other things going for them, but that, that would be the one, the one concern uh, for this Baltimore team if they're going to get back to the postseason and, and obviously advance this year because they were very quickly out of it last year. But at the same time, they played a you know, team that didn't win a World Series. Yeah. I mean, they got knocked out by the Rangers. Hard to argue with that. fantastic mm-hmm. in the postseason. So we'll see. But there's a lot of injuries. I think I think at the beginning of the season is gonna be weird because you got to you know yesterday I think you mentioned the Verlander thing. He's behind, right? Yep. You got Otani who is, you know, although he's apparently had an amazing BP the other day for the uh, Dodgers. He's obviously just gonna be mostly a DH. Not gonna obviously can't pitch at all this season. But you know they still have to monitor him to make sure he's ready. I believe in the off season, didn't Max Scherzer go under undergo back surgery? Mm-hmm. Um, he's not coming back till like June or something like that uh, with the Rangers. Uh, you got uh, Degrom also rehabbing from Tommy John surgery, and he may not be back until August or somewhere around there. So there's a lot of players that are big name guys that we're not going to see for a while. And of course, in the case of the Rangers, you know they didn't have Degrom last year anyway, and still won the World Series. Did have Scherzer. Albeit a a just a you know shell of himself in a lot of ways, but but still that that team's going to be interesting again to watch as they try to defend their title, and they obviously have um, you know the best postseason manager of our generation. It feels like Bruce Bochy is now taking that from everybody. Yeah, no doubt about that. With it, with the success rate that he's had, 
It's pretty wild. All right, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. If you want to hit us up via the uh, Bally, who's, uh phone line or the uh, text line as well, 757-687-9494. Uh, All right, the um, top of the hour, we get to football at four. We'll get to, again, the way too early top five of the NFL for 2024. We'll deal with the way too early bottom side of it as well. Uh, coming up in the uh, 5 o'clock hour uh, with you, too. All right, let's hit the poll question again and uh, related today with Cliff Kingsbury talking today and everybody trying to get a different angle on how he could say Caleb Williams' name, which he did a really nice job at avoiding. Uh, our ESPN Radio 94.1 poll question brought to you by Dominion Floor Coverings, which you can, again, access the X at Jackson Sports at ESPN Radio 941. Which rookie quarterback would you want? The Commanders to draft right now. It is a Jaden Daniels show. The Heisman Trophy winner, forty-four point one percent, followed by Caleb Williams at thirty point five percent, Drake May at twenty-two percent, and again the three point four percent others. Uh, somebody earlier was trying to make a. I don't know if they were making a case for the Commanders, but they were saying Joe Milton, uh, the quarterback. This is Brian and Chesapeake, because a big Tennessee guy. Says Joe Milton's if he get his accuracy. Um, fixed. If somebody could work with him on accuracy, he would be a diamond in the rough in the draft. Yeah, but the problem is that's going to take some work and take some time. And I don't know that that's time that this coaching staff really wants to Well, I don't spend. know about this team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, for somebody, sure. I mean, you, you know, if you can develop talent, why not? I mean, if you can take the time to do it. If you're looking for a guy that could be maybe your next guy in a couple of years, that wouldn't be crazy. Or if you've got somebody that you're not quite sure about and you think you've got time to develop somebody else, then, yeah, sure. Doug in Norfolk wants to know, is Bill in Williamsburg a paid actor? <laughs> we don't have that kind of budget, Always going to kick out of him from your show, <laughs> uh, his, the post-game show, and there's an early morning talk show on an unnamed station. What a trip. Oh, wow, he's doing another t- – oh, my, I'm a little offended. So uh, only two shows are mine, and then he's doing, an, he's doing a third? Now we need to investigate further. Uh-oh, wow, okay. I don't know. Maybe maybe we need to lock him up in a contract. I don't know. Starting to see that Good question, way. Doug. Good question. I don't know if he's a debate actor. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Not getting paid for me, I can tell you that much. Yeah, we don't have that kind of budget in this show. Not right now. Um, you know, it's it's we might get – but you know what? Hey, why not? Maybe that's what we need to do. Get more people with talking pets. What are you trying to make him Ballyhoo's Bill or something? Yeah, uh, you know, we could just do talking pe- a talking pet segment. Moving forward here. <laughs> All right, what kind of and what kind of pet do you have in your house that's talking to you? <laughs> Give us a call. All right, all right. Coming up, uh, the way too early top five of the NFL. Uh, my friend Lanell Willingham uh, from DC will join us from uh, overtime on one hundred six seven. He'll talk about the Commanders wrapping up their staff searches and now as they lock in on quarterbacks. Who uh, ultimately will they lock in on? We'll get to all that coming up at the 4 o'clock hour in football at 4. And I got some good news for you video gamers out there when it comes to the world of college football as well. All right, Scott Jackson, Joe Priority on the Sports Radio 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry Kinglaw, injured in an accident. Call 757-INJURED, 757-INJURED. We continue here from Chartway Arena on the Scott Jackson, Show Priority on the Sports Radio 94.1. James Witham's got your sports center.